Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. You're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Prey, and I am here with my co-host, not Alex, but Shelby Osborne today. Although she is using his equipment, and uh, we, I told her I was going to make the joke about Alex having a better hair day today. So um, if he ever listens to this show, I hope he gets that. <laughs> Way better. But, but uh, <laughs> we have, today our guest is Honoré Corder, which is super exciting to me for a couple of reasons. So Honoré wrote a book called You Must Write a Book, which uh, I agree with, and that's why I have a book at the editor. But she wrote this book, and it's very intuitive and very good, gives a lot of great reasoning for why to write a book, why you need to write a book, how to write a book. And I love it. And she's also written uh, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of other books. And most notable, well, maybe not most notably, but the ones that would probably be most ring a bell for you guys that she helped with the Miracle Morning series, which is awesome, right? So those are books that everybody, well, maybe not everybody loves, but I love. I know Shelby loves. And we talk about all the time. So, uh, Honoré, this is awesome. Thank you. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, could could you uh, just briefly tell a little bit of your story about how you got started in, I mean, writing a book is not exactly like everybody's dream when they, uh, most people don't wake up and say, I'm going to write, you know, 40 books this, you know, in the next few years. So um, curious <laughs> kind of what correct. your story is there. That is correct. Well, so uh, my background is business and executive coaching. I started as a business coach and moved into executive coaching. The way you promote yourself as a coach is you speak. So you do the free speaking circuit for a while. And then someone called me and said, "Um, I only have $3,500 for a speaker. And I'm sure that's less than what you make. You know, would you be willing to come and speak? And I was like, Oh, please. (laughs) Happy dance. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yes, that's totally fine. And then so I then became a paid professional speaker. So I was doing coaching and speaking and training. And then I met Mark Victor Hansen at a conference and he asked me what I did. And I was, you know, very proud of myself. It's like, oh, I'm a coach and a speaker. And I, you know, did a little hair flip and and he said, Well, that's nice, honey. You must write a book. Um, every expert has a book, everybody's a coach. And so if you want to stand out, you have to have a book to hand out. And I went, Oh, well, all right then. Um, and I, I asked him a whole bunch of other questions and I took his advice. The most important part of that is he said, you must write a book. And I said, okay, you're the expert. I'm going to listen to you. And I didn't listen to the gremlin voice in my head that said, who are you to write a book? And you didn't go to college and you don't have a writing certification or degree or any of those things. I just listened to what he said. I took the advice that he gave me and I put it in the form of a book and it radically changed the course of my life in so many ways, including the fact that I'm here talking to you and I got to be the co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series, et cetera, and so on. Yeah. So that's the basic, that's the beginning. In the beginning, (laughs) there was a conversation. so many questions. I think that's very yeah. valid. Oh, well, so the, the, I, I think my favorite part of that was that you pointed out that someone gave you some advice and you took it. Um, yes. You know, yes. I, I think that's a key 
even even from a mentor standpoint, right? Like as you start yeah. working with people and coaching people, you find very quickly that there are people who will go out of their way to ask you for advice or even pay for advice or or, or whatever. And then you give them Not your listen. thoughts and then they come back six months later with the same problem. And you're like, well, did you do this, this, and this? Uh, either excuses or just a blatant like, no, you know. Um, and so it's very refreshing to find people who will li- like, like, I, I think that's a key metric of success is like if someone gives you some advice and they're, they're if they're the right person to listen to, right? Right. And then you do it or at least try it. Um, so yes. I think that's, that's very yeah. powerful. And obviously it worked out for you. It, it's kind of, it has worked out. Yes. I'm so grateful for that for sure. Yes. So how does, how does that look like? What does that look like when you, you know, you talk to this, you made this decision and you're going to write a book. So then what, and also what did you decide to, you know, what does that first book look like? Yeah. Great question. And so there were questions that I asked him, right? He asked me a question. Do you have, because I said, I'm a speaker and a coach. And he said, do you have a presentation or a speech that you've given over and over that people like? And the answer to that was yes. And he said, that's your book, write that down. And what I decided to do was legitimately like take that advice. Like, so I sat for three days in a chair and typed the book. And when I was done with it, I was completely done with it. (laughs) I didn't look at it for a while because it, my sponge was full or empty, depending on how you look at it. Right. It was like, Oh, I'm over that. But I really wanted to um, fulfill that advice. I intuitively knew something that I absolutely know now, which is that experts can charge more and do charge more for their advice. And you are an expert when you have a book, every expert has one thing in common and it's that they are the author, the authority. And so when you hand someone a business card, what you can say to them is, Hey, would you throw this away for me? (laughs) Because really you're just taking your 500 business cards and putting them in 500 trash cans ultimately. But if you have a book to hand someone, they don't throw that away. Intuitively, I knew I must do it and I didn't know why. And I followed through on that advice. And so my, my advice to someone who maybe doesn't give um, a speech that is popular is to write down the questions that people ask them, what people come to you for, and what are the questions that people are asking you, and put those in some kind of logical or linear order. And then what are the questions you wish people would ask you because they don't know what they don't know. So what do you not know about real estate? Or what do your buyers not know about real estate? Or what do your income stream builders not know about building those income streams that they should be asking you, but they just don't know. They don't have a line of sight to it. They have blind spots because they don't know what they don't know. And that would be the outline of your book. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. Because I was sitting here when you, you know, when you said, I'm going to go write a book in my head, I was like, oh man, like, where do you even, I would have no idea what to write about. But what you just said about the presentation and writing about, you know, essentially what you know, I have found that to be completely true is like people who know something take that knowledge for granted. Whereas there's a lot of people out there who think that your little tidbit is just amazing. So I think that that's very cool. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's where I would say start and then just start capturing those ideas. And then you have the answers. That's the best part is people are coming to you asking the questions because you have the answers and then you fill in 
what's the answer? You write down the answer. It's actually more simple than people make it, especially with nonfiction, right? Nonfiction is what we're talking about, a directive book that sets you apart as an authority. You have the answers to it. Write the questions and then write your answers. That's the very beginning of the process. That's the, you know, simplifying the, the beginning of the process, but that really is a good part of it. I have more questions what too, a... but David, I don't want to, yeah, <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> no, no, you go for it. Go well, for it. I'm curious. What, what's the next piece? So you have, you've just brain dumped, you've brain dumped everything onto, you know, you've written it all out and then what, what's next? Uh, well, so simultaneous to writing the book. So this is the writing the book track simultaneous to writing the book is the producing the book track. And you need a team of great people to help you. There are schools of thought and people who will stand even on a stage and say, just write and publish your book on Amazon. It's super easy. And yes, write your book and publish it on Amazon. It's super easy, but they're missing some critical components. My, uh, my philosophy is you think long-term, you think the long-term play and the word I like to use is legacy. So if you just brain dump it, write it, don't do all the other pieces, publish it on Amazon, then you don't take advantage of the long-term play and you don't have a legacy. And you're certainly not going to look back 20 years from now and go, I am so glad that I designed my own cover. I am super excited that I didn't pay an editor to make my book awesome. <laughs> Said no one ever, right? So there are some critical components that take your book from up here in your mind to this, a book that you are proud to have to hand to someone when they ask you for a business card and you say, well, I do have a business card, but I actually have a book. And you watch the transformation on their face because almost everyone wants to write a book. And the fact that you've done it means you've elevated yourself, not only as the expert in the thing that they want to know about, but also because you've done that really cool thing that they also want to do. And it engenders a wonderful conversation. As somebody who is getting chapter by chapter back from the editor on his first book, I can confirm that my entire audience is very happy I did not save the money on an editor because holy <laughs> crap, there's a lot of red. It is a oh, crime scene. It's I, a crime I, always, scene. I always joke. I, yeah, I, I joke because I'm like, man, the military prepared me so well for writing a book. And everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, as a young Marine, you learn very quickly that no matter how perfect your naval letter format is, when you hand it to that really bored lieutenant who has nothing better to do than go back to the Naval Academy where he's been trained to just red pen everything to perfection, you just get back a red document with like one word left. And so this is basically what editing is. I mean, it's insane yeah. the number of cuts yeah. that I get. Yes. But it's so much better than what I wrote. I'm like, you're going to make me sound awesome. Yes. And that is the editor's job. It. And it wasn't until book 52 that my editor wrote back and your reading is so improved. <laughs> my expectation that I set with anyone that I work with in whatever way is that we're going to get this document back and you're going to turn it in and you're going to, you're going to do a hair flip and you're going to say, this is awesome. I did an amazing job. I'm super proud of myself. You know, insert pizza here, right? There's some celebrating and then you get it back and it looks like a crime scene. And this is not an indictment of your writing, your education, your experience, your knowledge, nothing. It is what the editor is meant to do is to make the read on behalf of the reader 
a smooth ride. Think Maserati on the Autobahn versus a 1972 Vega in the Walmart parking lot with speed bumps, right? So it's like, it's the difference in the, the read for the reader. You want the reader to like you and want to engage with you in a deeper and better way. That's the whole purpose of the book is to give knowledge and the right person is going to say, what are you doing later? <laughs> right? <laughs> you have a course, you have something else I can do. How can I engage with you? Right? Because you're the expert. Now I want to, I want to, I want to yeah. work with you in, in a deeper and, and more meaningful way, perhaps. What's up military millionaires. I have not done a good enough job talking about syndication opportunities. So for those of you who don't know, I have been investing in some apartment complexes over the years, as long as, as well as a bunch of other stuff, but I just have never really mentioned it on the podcast, so I apologize for making that hard to find. Look, if you are an accredited or sophisticated investor or unsure and would just like to talk, go ahead and go over to the investor from militarymillionaire.com slash investor slash and just fill out the little form. Let's jump on a call and talk. I'd love to hear how we can help each other out. So some of the opportunities that we provide can be anything from really big cash flow advance, uh, opportunities to big equity plays. We do, I, I even do some private lending type stuff, but lots of different opportunities out there to invest. And I just want to make sure that you guys understand those are out there. So if you're interested in syndications or private money, you know, I'd love to jump on a call with you. There are ways that we can help you out. You can help me out. We can help everybody out. Win, 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 win situation. Our most recent deal was 146 units, uh, 7% preferred return and uh, projected 18% plus return on investment, but we've done better. We've done not quite as good with more equity play, like lots of different opportunities, right? And if you want to be, there's a separate email list that I have, which I send those deals to. And if you want to be on that list, then let's schedule a call and jump on it because we need to know each other. If I'm going to be sending you information on these opportunities, and I would hate for you to miss out on it just because of my ugly mug not telling you. So if that sounds interesting, let me know. If that does not sound interesting, enjoy the show right now. I have another question. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so there's different vibes of books. There's different vibes in personalities. And I think that, you know, if I were to write a book, I would want my personality and my own you know, energy to come through. Yeah. So is there a process in choosing an editor? Like, are there different editors who specialize in different, like, how does that work? Yeah. So, you know, that document you file every spring with the IRS. Yes. Your tax return. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing you want to do when choosing an editor is make sure that their little box says editor. <laughs> it doesn't say friend, 10th grade English teacher, neighbor, someone who reads a lot. It needs to be a professional editor for whom that is what they do. The next thing is you want to have someone who follows a manual of style. And the third thing is you want to have someone who has their roots or their background in traditional publishing, because what they've been taught and what all of those dots mean, right? The, that criteria means is that they will leave in your voice and take out your mistakes. Mm, love that. And you, my voice is very strong. My readers will say, I, I know this is your book because I was, I've listened to you <laughs> and I, right. They've list. they will have listened to you on the podcast. They will have talked to you and they will want to hear your voice in your words. And I had an editor once who really wanted to work with me and I was in the process of writing a book and I said, all right, I'll give you a chapter. And he took my voice out of my writing. Mm. And I said, don't homogenize me. 
don't make me sound like anybody could have written this book. There are a lot of books out there mm. that are homogenized. Anybody could have written them. There's no turn of phrase. There's no personality that belongs to the author. Now, if you don't have a personality, if you're more dry <laughs> or serious or scientific, there's nothing wrong with that. It's still your voice. It needs to sound like you. But if you have tons of personality and you are, I, me, I am snarky and sarcastic and fun, and, but I'm also serious. I take things very seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously. It's not so serious that it's a snooze fest, if that makes sense. And, and capturing that balance is what great editors are able to do. And to that end, you will pay for that. That's, mm. It's going to be an investment and is it, it is an investment that's well worth it. Totally. Yeah, I concur. It's definitely an investment. A uh, question on in that regard, since you mentioned yeah. the the voice, I'm curious what your thoughts are on ghostwriters. Um, I love ghostwriters. And, and I love ghostwriters. Okay. And ghostwriters are are for the person who does not fancy themselves as a writer. They don't feel confident in their writing, and they wonder if um, if there's a process for that and a great ghostwriter is able to make the book sound like the person. As a matter of fact, I know the person, she's a good friend of mine who wrote um, Loretta Lynn's latest book about her relationship with Patsy Cline. Hmm. And the minute I started reading the book and I've read other books by her. And the minute I started reading this book, I was like, this is by Loretta Lynn right? This is a book by Loretta Lynn. Loretta did not write this book. Incidentally, I was at an event yesterday where a big guy in Nashville country music scene for 40 years. And I went up to him and I said, have you read Loretta's book about her relationship with Patsy? And he said, oh my gosh, I love that book. And the thing I love the most is it sounds exactly like Loretta. And I said, well, I know the ghostwriter for that book. So I'm going to call her right away and tell her a great ghostwriter actually pride themselves on you saw the movie Ghost, it would like take over a person a great ghostwriter actually takes over the personality of a person and learns their terms of phrases and how they speak and is able to, to capture that not just mimic it but actually capture it in word form it's a very unique and special talent and great ghostwriters are um, paid very well and and do very well because there is a lot of need for that type of work well, cool. That that's a I'm, lot of sense. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. So I know. Shelby okay, question. I was gonna say, what's your next one? <laughs> what's your next question, it. Shelby? I'm ready. I'm, so sorry. I'm ready. <laughs> this is working out better because I read your book very recently, right? So I wouldn't know some of these answers I've I've heard part of yeah, in through the book. So I wouldn't have yeah. thought to ask the question. And so this I, is way better for the listener. Yeah, coming in blind over here. <laughs> Okay, so with the ghostwriter thing, so is that what do they have to like record, you know, like tell their story like yeah. over recording and then the other person translates or is yeah, is that what happens? Um, so so Alice Sullivan is a, a good friend of mine and a colleague of mine and we do projects together and she will spend about 12 hours with the author asking them questions and recording the answers and then having it transcribed and then she takes that and then turns that into a book so that the voice of the author is really captured very well and also is clean, right? It's a, it's, it sounds easy. You just record it and transcribe it and then turn it into a book. Oh, <laughs> those are the, the three main steps of the 487 <laughs> steps that actually go into it. Yeah. 
It's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Very wheels cool are turning process. over here. I know, they're great, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I I am a fan of the ghost. So I I wrote this one, but I was originally looking at using a ghostwriter who had written. So I found this guy and in the back cover of one of the books, they gave like a credit, like, oh, hey, uh -huh. thanks for this uh -huh. guy for hanging uh -huh. out with us on the uh -huh. retreat uh, uh -huh. for the book Tribal Millionaires. And so I was like, oh, oh hey, oh. I really I really like this. Dan. I'm going to go check this Dan guy Clements. out. Mm -hmm. Dan Clements. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went and I, 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 so then I go to his website and I'm like, I've read that book. I've read that book. I've read, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. this guy, you know, it, it was a little out of my active duty uh, price range for a yes. first book. Dan is, um, Dan is a top shelf ghostwriter who charges commensurate for his experience. Yes. Yeah, but he yeah. sat on the phone with me for a full hour and talked through yes. ideas and ways I sh could or should go and, and was very, very, very helpful. And, um, you know, absolutely would, would use him in the future if, um, so I, so I was, I'm a huge fan yeah. of that idea. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so all that to say, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it, you know, it's, it's, I mean, he seemed awesome. So. Yeah. I actually ghost wrote two books and Dan was my kind of mentor behind the scenes, uh, editor on that, on that, on one of those projects that informed the other project. So that's awesome. yes, I'm very familiar with Dan and, and we're good friends and, and he's, uh, he's tremendous. And if you can afford him say, yes, thank you. May I have another, like, <laughs> he's, he's, he is a, an incredibly talented writer. So cool. Well, yeah. At least I was on the right path. <laughs> yes, you. Yes, absolutely. Well, and at some point you build, you know, millionaire, then you hire Dan, right? That's yeah. yes. the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yes. So what happened? Okay. So we, we have your first book, you yeah. your first book. And then like, where did it expand? How did it, how are we here? What how happened? are we here? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that book, um, I just did. I got excited about it and I did what I recommend that people do, which is always have a book on you and be ready to give that book away. And I'll take your money if you insist, but most of the time I just insist on giving people my book. So as a business coach who was using my book as a marketing tool, I had that book and I strategically sized it so that it would fit in a man's breast suit pocket because I was coaching professionals and I was attending networking events. And so in my bag, I had, five or 10 copies of this book that was, you know, four by six, basically, and 4.2 by 6.3 or something. <laughs> and it would fit in a man's suit jacket pocket because men don't have anywhere to stick a book. And Ooh. my, thank you. And my, my fees went up. And I also um, took another piece of Mark Victor Hansen's advice, which I'm happy to share, which is do seven things every day to market your book. While the book was at the printer's, printing my perfect bound document, which is what a book is, a soft cover book is, it's perfect bound document in print speak. Um, I had ordered 5,000 copies and I thought, well, I better sell some copies because <laughs> <laughs> that visa bill is gonna come due. And so I sold 11,000 copies because what one of the other things Mark said to me was call everyone you know and ask them if they would like to buy between 10 and 100 copies. And I changed that to between 100 and 1,000 copies. And I was able to sell 11,000 copies in three weeks because I went through my <clears throat> uh, date alert uh, Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling through my Rolodex going, hi, I'm publishing a book and this is what it's about and this is who it would help. Would you like to buy between 10 
and a hundred copies? Would you like to buy between a hundred and a thousand copies? And so I sold 11,000 copies. So that first 5,000 shows up, they're spoken for. The next 5,000 shows up and they're spoken for. The next 5,000 come and a hundred, a thousand of those were spoken for. And then I had 4,000 books that I was using to pass out as a marketing piece. I'd already paid my, myself back so much. And now there's a book called um, Value-Based Fees by Alan Weiss. And it's very expensive and very worth it. He eats his own dog food, but he talks about if you've literally written the book on it, you can charge 20% to 50% more than what you were originally charging, which is what the market will bear, right? So the market, you, business coaches generally charge $1,500 for a session. But when you've written the book on it, when you have a book on the coaching process, which I do with Vision to Reality, then I was able to increase my fees. And so my fees went from um, 1000 to 1500 to 2000 to 2500 just because I was the person who wrote the book and had the formula on it. And it's not to brag, it's just fact. And I was so excited to read this book where he said, if you literally wrote the book on it, you are the expert, you can charge more. And I said, great. <laughs> That sounds good. So that, so what happened was I wrote that book. It allowed me to increase my fees. And then I, I was watching an Oprah show and Oprah was doing her famous makeovers. And she brought out this woman in the before picture. I think the, the cue was look as miserable as possible. And we're going to take a picture. So they made her look as awful as possible. And then they asked her to think of the most miserable memory ever. And then think of that. And they took a picture. And so she's introducing this woman and she's saying, you know, this is Sarah and she's 42 and she's a single mom. And, and, you know, we've done this makeover for her. And, and before she comes out, I remember it clear as day. And I now know the producer of that show. She's one of, uh, she's in my mastermind. Um, but she, she said, yes, we tell them to look as miserable as possible. But <laughs> she said, yes, this is what she said. Oh, she's a single mom. Of course, she's a schlumpadinka, which was Oprah's word <laughs> for someone who kind of just let, lets themselves go. They just feel overwhelmed and they don't take care of themselves and they don't feel good about themselves. So they don't dress up and take care, you know, just take care to, to show up for themselves and for other people. And um, I was like, I'm a single mom. I'm not a schlumpadinka. Like, why is that the stereotype? When someone would meet me and they would say, well, tell me about your husband. I would say, oh, actually, you know, I'm a single mom. And they would say, oh, and I'm like, why? Why are you not saying, wow, and you're an entrepreneur, you're a freaking rock star. Why is, why yeah. is that? So I wrote the first book in what is now a six book series, which is how I connected with Hal Elrod in the Miracle Morning book series. I wrote The Successful Single Mom, which became a six book series and basically its own thing um, with those Man. six books and other things. That's awesome. I love it. And that. then I had I'm... the fever. I had the fever. I was like, I... <laughs> someone would start, come to me for questions. I'd say, I'm going to write a book on that because then, because, well, because most people can afford $5 for an ebook. They can't afford to get on the phone with an expert, but they can afford to get their knowledge, which a lot of it's contained in a book. You will yeah. get a lot of, of knowledge and information for not very much money, whether you get the ebook, which is usually under $10 or the paperback, which is under $20 or the hardcover, which is under $30. Think of the thousands and tens of thousands and perhaps hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of knowledge that's contained in that book. So I had the fever um, of writing the books and then I read The Miracle Morning. And my, part of my philosophy is if you want something, give it away. If 
you want money, give it away. If you want hugs, give them away. If you want anything, start first by, you know, getting the law of reciprocity coming in your favor. And what I wanted as an author was more honest five-star reviews. Hello, that's what authors want. <laughs> David, you're going to get there where you're like, review my book and make it a five-star. <laughs> it needs to best sell on Amazon, please. That's right. <laughs> Actually, it needs to best earn on Amazon, but that's another conversation. Anyway, or we can come back to that. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. But um, I realized I was reading three to five books a week and I wasn't taking the time to review books. I wasn't eating my own dog food. And the next book I read was The Miracle Morning and I wrote a review and Hal saw the review and he looked me up and he said, she has a series. I want a series. Sent me an email. And that's how we started partnering on the series. And so there's a lot baked into that which is I got the fever. I took my desire to turn my knowledge into books that would help other people. And then I recognized that I wanted more of something that I didn't have enough of. And so I started to give that away. And that's how I connected with Hal. And there have been so many doors that have opened from that, from that particular process. So there's a lot of advice there. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. All the go-giver stuff. I'm super huge on that yeah. as well as like, Robert, just give yeah. away everything and then yeah. everything will come back to you pretty much. Yeah. But I have a question. Multiplied. Of course. Multiplied. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're writing books, you have your series and then you get linked up with Hal and what piece like, are you editing now or like how to like, what's the play? How does that look? Um, the way I describe myself is I'm Jack Reacher, Jason Bourne, John Wick, and Hitch for books. So the movie Hitch where Will Smith gets women for guys who can't get women. Yes. <laughs> right? So I take people from blank page to monetized book, to optimized and monetized book. So when someone comes to me and they talk about their book, I want to get them at the blank page stage if I can because then I can help them to figure out, do they have a book that has an audience and can they monetize it? My superpower is looking at the contents of a book, which are the, is the expertise of the author and figuring out how to turn that into multiple income streams. That's really what people come to me for. So I produce the book because I know all the players and they all know exactly how to create a professionally published book that is indistinguishable from traditional publishing. So you can indie publish a book, independently publish a book, self-publish a book, and you can do it in three minutes. You can write a book in an afternoon, upload it on Amazon, design the cover yourself, and boom, we've already talked about that. That is not a good idea. <laughs> legacy, legacy, legacy. Think legacy, think long-term. Or you can professionally produce your book so that it, no one knows that you self-published it and they don't disregard you for it. As a matter of fact, they take you seriously because it is professionally published. Eventually, I'd like to get to where we just talk about publishing as opposed to indie publishing or traditional publishing. Um, but I want it to be confused with traditional publishing. I want them to go, oh, did Random House publish this? No, actually, you publish this. So I walk people through that process. But what I'm really looking for are ways for them to turn it into multiple income streams that are six and seven figure annual income streams for the author. So that not only are they making money from their book and smashing the assumption that you can't make money from a book, but also that you're making money with your book as a result of your book, you're generating new people, you're magnetizing that those clients and customers to you because they've read your book and they are like, hit me again, give me some more. What else you got? I, That's all that makes sense. Awesome. 
Yes, that makes tons of sense. Okay, so for this in particular, and David, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I'm gonna uh, be quiet for one second. David get a question? No. <laughs> no, 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 this is fine. This is what Alex does. I love it because I have to take, I have to write all the notes and, and all the publishing side. So as long as they're good questions, okay. I'm all for not having- <laughs> no, Great questions. Um, These are the best questions. No, no, go ahead, Shelby. And then we're gonna transition into, uh, we, got, we got a few minutes left and then we'll go into like the speaker okay. stuff. Last one. Okay. So at this point we have the book and you're talking about the multiple streams. So for them in particular, like, what does that look like? And this is me just obviously not knowing. So are, did they do coaching and like, is that the other stream besides the book? Well, there are, so I have 14 of my own. I have 14 uh, income streams. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Let's and it. then each of those income streams can be multiple income streams. So you mentioned coaching. So we'll talk about that. I have done one-on-one coaching small group in-person coaching, large group in-person coaching, small group virtual coaching. And so each one of those is an income stream. So I have one-on-one coaching that I do, and then I have done, now I don't do it, but I have done in-person group coaching sessions and then also virtual group coaching sessions. So each one of those can be its own six or seven figure income stream. My job is to look at it and I can rattle off some of the other ones if you'd like, but my job is to look at the contents of of the book and say, this could be this. Is this interesting to you? No, I would rather chew off my arm and beat myself to death with it. Okay, we don't do that one, even though it could be very lucrative, right? So it has to have the right energy behind it. You have to feel like, oh, I could really do that. Love Does that that. make sense? So I make this suggestion. I had a guy who reached out to me. He's taking my course right now. And he said, I'm writing this book because I'm teaching my six-year-old about um, leveraged income. He said, so she owns the toaster and we rent it from her and we're teaching her about this. And I said, so that could be another book. And he says, Oh, I have three or four other books in mind. And I said, I don't know if you're thinking of the book I'm thinking of. He's like, okay, what is it? And I said, what about the book for kids? You do a book for the parents. You're writing a book for the parents about how to teach their kids about multiple income streams. But what if you did the commensurate companion book for children that's illustrated and, and, talks about these ideas in kids speak and mm. boom, I didn't, I didn't have thought of that. Right. <laughs> so I, my job is just to look at it. And that's, that's what I love to do is I look at things and I think, well, how do we monetize that? That's what I love to do. That's amazing. Love that's, it. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. Now I know we only have a few more minutes before you actually have to go speak, but yeah. I would like to ask you, um, yeah. You, you know, you mentioned that you, you've done a lot of public speaking and you even, you even helped some coach, do some coaching there. So I'd be curious to just hear a little bit about what you do on the speaking end as somebody who sure. there's no like arrogant, like not arrogant way to say that you think you're, you think you have potential there, but I think I have potential there. Like I have the personality. I've been doing Toastmasters. Confident, not arrogant. And, Confident. and so I plan to, to yes. move into that space once I'm out of the military. My, the only Excellent. thing really holding me back right now is that there, there's physically no way that I could ever speak anywhere with a schedule because I don't know what my schedule looks like. Right. So it's exactly. Like, Perfect. Um, Perfect. But yeah. Well, you have to be confident, right? And where I started was the, the contents of my, my book went into a book because it was a, a speech. But what I was doing was marketing my coaching originally, which I had mentioned. And then I got into what knowledge do I have that I can give to an audience? Being high content, giving it all away, knowing that the right audience member is going to go, I know that she didn't tell me everything, (laughs) right? For all the things that you could say, there's so many things you don't have time to say. And that's what they would then come to you for and want to engage you for. 
Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yes. So it's just having confidence. And honestly, the audience wants you to be awesome. They want to have a good time with you. They want to walk away with a page of notes um, and they want to walk away inspired and feeling encouraged and that they can execute on what you have shared with them. So they're like cheering it. for you. They don't want you to be boring. They don't want you to suck. Like, honestly, right? I mean, when have you ever been like, I hope the speaker sucks? Never, <laughs> right? If the speaker sucks, you're like, is it, can I leave? <laughs> Always like, I'm going to sit in the back. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, so what do you do? Like, uh, as far as uh, if you give like a, a two minute overview on, on uh, like speaking, coaching, mastermind, kind of that side of things, what is your uh, niche? Sure. Sure. Um, um, so I have a, I created a course because when I would speak, people would want to talk about how do you sell books, but then they would also recognize after a minute that I had created these other income streams and that's what they really wanted me to talk about. So I created a course and I broke all of it down so that the person could go deep into whatever income stream was interesting to them because not all of them are interesting, right? Sometimes it's just, yeah, I just want to do courses or I just want to do consulting or I just want to be a keynote speaker. So what's the process for that? And then I included all the legal documents and things like that. Um, the live version of that is a mastermind that I have called Empire Builders. And that is for people who want a seven figure empire and they want to build multiple income streams. And my first advice to them is to pick one or two to work on in a year's time. That if you can launch, if you can design, craft, and launch it and income stream every single year or two. So some of them that like we had our, one of our meetings yesterday and we, everybody was going through and saying, here are my one or two new income streams. This is where I am in the process. If it's launched, how much money they've made and um, what their plan is for the rest of the year. It, it's very tempting to say, well, I want 14 streams of income and you do. <laughs> but you also want to get sleep and go on vacation and yeah. have a relationship and, and watch a little bit of television on occasion. Right. So you have to have some, some wicked balance in your life. Got to be really great with your boundaries and those sorts of things. And so I always start with um, what is it that you want? What's in it for you? And how will this vehicle help you to get there? It's there to serve you, not you to serve it. Um, I'm interested in income streams that are mostly leveraged set it and forget it type of income streams. Mm. And so just picking the ones that are ones that you can leverage. And then you get to decide as a speaker, David, when you are out of the military um, and you then have a speaking schedule, you get to decide, do I want two presentations a week? Do I want two presentations a month? What does that look like for me? And um, it's a different world now. Maybe you hate being a road warrior. I mean, I would do almost anything to avoid the back of an airplane and a random hotel room by myself. Yeah. Right. So I'm super excited about this. This is like, <laughs> sit at my, sit in my chair um, I went to a television station recently and gave a keynote um, and I just talked to a camera for 45 minutes and gave a That's keynote, cool. but it's like, I got back in my car and came home and, and here I was. But generally speaking, this is, this is very, a very lucrative option now is, is doing um, presentations. And I laugh a little because there are some people that are like, I'm a certified virtual speaker. And I'm like, Arya, who certified you? <laughs> <laughs> I so, I love that you're saying that. I, I've been talking a lot lately and on a smaller scale, but about the stress to income ratio is, as I call it, or energy yeah. to income, where it's like, yeah. 
some things are just not worth the money. Gosh. No matter what they yep. bring in, it's like, yeah, that's right. great, but I don't want to deal with it. Sorry. Right, right, so. right, right. If you don't love it, and I, I um, Alice, who I mentioned earlier is a ghostwriter, I said, you know, maybe you want to consider, she's in my mastermind, so maybe you want to consider you know, doing something with ghostwriters in this particular format. And she was like, that sounds awful to me. It sounds profitable. <laughs> it sounds like a seven figure income stream and it sounds awful. And I would hate it. And I said, then mm. don't then do don't that. Do yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Right. It, it has to, it can't come at the cost of your self yeah. in any way. Right. And the thing that you love doesn't feel like work. Now there is hard work there's intentional work, there's purposeful work, all of those things. Like whenever it's like, it's easy, it's well, it's easy er. Yeah. <laughs> easier right. than ditch digging, but it's not easy, right? It has to. So I got three closing questions. Okay. That we basically just right off the top of your head. First thing that we okay. can as quick as we can. Cause I know okay. you're lightning go. round. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So if an 18 to 19 year old was to walk up to you asking for advice on starting a business or, or getting out there, what would be the one thing you would have to tell them? Oh, 18 or nine. I have I a 20 year old. That's such an easy question. Um, <laughs> um, what is the one thing I would tell them? I would tell them to, to, to look at their parents who are in their forties and fifties and they think that they're old, but it will be here before they know it planned for that time to be very intentional and purposeful to have a really good time, but to think long-term, like to think long-term with their money, to think long-term with their choices and their decisions more than they might mm. be doing right now. I like that. All right. And one resource book, course, website, whatever that you would recommend to anybody looking to get into the, whether, you know, uh, we'll just say expert sphere. So let's talk about the fact that your professional life and development never exceeds your personal development. And so my favorite book that's a thousand pages is law of success by Napoleon Hill. So he's known most for think and grow rich, but I read law of success once a year. I will check that one out. I like Napoleon Hill. <laughs> I've read two, but obviously not all. And last but not least, where can people get a hold of you? Um, I'm at Honoré on all social media, except I don't do the TikTok. That may not happen ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the Facebook. Um, but honorécorder.com is my website. And you can get uh, a free copy, a free ebook, full copy of You Must Write a Book right on the front page of my website. So please, if that is interesting to you, um, grab a free copy of that book. I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, do it. Do it, Shelby. Well, <laughs> Awesome. Honoré, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. The pleasure was mine. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.